Welcome to Relentless Truth with John Warren, the podcast that extracts truth from a wide range of topics, revealing who God is, who we are, and how we relate to each other. Now, here's John with this week's powerful and practical insights. Welcome to Relentless Truth. I'm John Warren. It is so good to be with you again. Please like, share, review, and subscribe to Relentless Truth. You can, as you well know by now, find us wherever you get your podcasts. You can also go to our website, johnwarrenmedia.com. That's John, J-O-H-N, Warren, W-A-R-R-E-N, media.com. You can also send an email to me at john at johnwarrenmedia.com, or you can go to our our contact page on the website. You can learn all about our work there, including the work of my consulting firm, CFS Financial, which is on a separate tab. You can access our library of episodes, and uh, we're, we're thankful for you, this loyal audience. As I've mentioned recently, both here and on social media, I am amazed at your numbers. We have uh, made some technical changes so that we can track data better. This podcast has never been about data necessarily or about numbers. It's about proclaiming truth, but it is shocking to me that there are many of you who are listening throughout the world, uh, mostly in the United States, of course, but scattered throughout the world in all sorts of countries, Belgium, Germany, Spain, Australia, and uh, Canada, all over the world, many, 20, 30 countries. So we're, we're grateful for you and uh, thankful for the uh, U.S. audience for this uh, Relentless Truth family. There's something, you know, we've, we've talked in, in, in recent episodes about some not so great issues and, and some concerns about the economy. And there, there's something that is, is heavy on my heart that I want to just, uh, I just want to share with you today. And really the subject, if I, if I had to distill it into a phrase is facing opposition, regrets, and fears, even, even dealing with sadness and, and, and depression now, I'm not a clinical expert. I can't help you diagnose yourself if you have serious dep- issues with depression, clinical issues with depression. Please seek medical help. That's not what this is. This is out of love and concern and, and hoping that God's word and some of our experience might uh, come to bear to, to help you. It just seems to me, and I, I know many of you avoid the news to, to avoid this, but it seems to me that if you, if you follow the goings on in the world, you are, we are just inundated with sadness and there's a perception. And I've noticed it among older people because I'm quickly becoming one. I've noticed that The older a person gets, the more mature, perhaps the more aware we are of of the sadness in the world. And it can begin to feel like the world is in a a state of decline and that decline is accelerating. And ideologically, 
I, I think that's probably not totally untrue. Pardon the double negative. I think it is true. But I also think there's a, there's a certain way in which that there's, there's kind of nothing, nothing new. That this, is, this has been going on for a long time. In fact, all the way back into antiquity. And I think there are some lessons that we can learn from scripture that, that help us. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not one of those people who is easily helped. No offense if you like these things, but by, by a Hallmark card or a Facebook post that kind of has that hearts and rainbows feel to it. I fancy myself as a little more of a realist, but sometimes I see those things and they contain biblical truth and they are in fact encouraging. But there's a, there's a thing that we do where, so, so you, you take the typical American and they, they have a few streaming services and they still watch maybe local news or they get their news from some resource. And, and, and during the course of, of a, a 24 hour or 48 or 72 hour period, we, we, we catch up on news, we get financial news, we get world news, local, local news can really be depressing because of all the violence that occurs in, in every locality. But, but we, we get the news and then, and then we might spend some time on social media where we yeah, tend to compare ourselves to these perfect visions that other people have of themselves or portray online. And so we go through all of that. And then, and then there's kind of this, you know, you, you hear about friends and, and you might be on your, your church newsletter or even your, your HOA newsletter or others. You're, you're plugged into other people in, in society and, and, and you hear about sadness and death and, and issues or, or, or struggles or battles among people. And, and life can just feel, for a lot of people, it can just feel daunting, and and if you're one of those people who, you know, goes to great lengths to appear to have a perfect life, we all know you don't. Uh, we all know that we all struggle. I sound like that song, don't I? We we all need somebody to lean on. We do. Life is a struggle. I relate so well to Vic, Victor Hugo's work, Les Miserables. You, you probably have seen the musical. If not, if not, you probably read the book or maybe you saw the not so great movie version of the story, you know, the, the miserable and, 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 you know, during the French revolution, there, there was a fair amount of misery. And that, that story is about a moral struggle, about an ethical struggle. And there is beauty in the mystery and I'm not really, that's not really my point today to say, oh, suck it up and just find the beauty in your misery. I think we need to know how to actually deal with these issues, opposition, regrets, failures, fears. And I had this idealistic view coming into adulthood that that I would I would go to great lengths. I was a pleaser. Uh, I I still have that tendency sometimes, but but I was a pleaser, and I wanted to be sure that I never made anyone angry. I I philosophically I had this 
desire, which is not a terrible one. It's even kind of biblical that, that I, I didn't want to go to bed at night with anybody angry at me. I, I did. I wanted to have no enemies whatsoever. No, no, no strife even. Uh, in fact, I didn't have good conflict resolution skills as a result. In other words, I, I wanted to sugarcoat and sweep under the rug and move on and all of that. Whereas I really retarded my growth because I didn't develop true biblical conflict resolution skills and included in that, that chasm, that, that, that hole in my development was a lack of reliance on God, lack of, lack of understanding of who God is and, and a, a lack of reliance. Now, I'm not suggesting to you that if you've tuned into this episode and you're facing opposition or fear, regrets, strife, difficulties, challenges, I, I'm not saying for a second, oh, just change your perspective, focus on who God is and you're all set. Now, I think that is helpful. But, but I understand that this life, the implications of the fall are difficult on us. They are difficult. There will be challenges. You and I are not perfect. We say stupid things like, oh, if I could just be perfect, like just handle that perfectly. If we don't say it, we think it. Oh, why didn't I do that differently? Because, because you're a depraved sinner. We, as Paul says in Romans, we, we live in two worlds, don't we? We, we live in an era that was started by Adam in sin. And we also live, if we have faith in Christ, we live in him. But the old world is still there. We haven't reached the pinnacle. We haven't reached paradise where st we still live on a fall fallen earth and have to deal with the implications of that. Well, I've got good news. David talked about this. Listen, listen to these words in Psalm 3. It's a Psalm, Psalm of David. And here's what it says. O Lord, how many are my foes? Many are rising against me. Many are saying of my soul, there is no salvation for him in God. He's, he's condemned. He has opposition. He has opponents. Those are my words. Then in verse three, but you, O Lord, are a shield about me. My glory and the lifter of my head. I cried aloud to the Lord, and he answered me from his holy hill. I lay down and slept. I woke again, for the Lord sustained me. Look at this reliance on God that David has. I will not be afraid of many thousands of people who have set themselves against me all around. Just think about this, this opposition. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for you strike all my enemies on the cheek. You break the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing be on your people. So there's a lot there, but be encouraged. Look at how David trusts the Lord relies on him fully. This is not a self-reliant man. This is, this isn't a perfect man either, as you know, and we're going to talk about that in a minute too. 
But this is a man who is surrounded by thousands of enemies. And, and, and he's, he's kind of throwing his hands up, but he turns beautifully to God, to the Lord. He says, many are rising against me. How many are my foes? And sometimes it feels, you know, I, I, I know you feel this. I feel this. You, you ever have one of those days, and sometimes it's not just a day, sometimes it's a week, sometimes it's a month, sometimes it's a year, sometimes it's a season of life where you just feel like everything goes wrong. Everything is difficult. You're opposed here, you're opposed there. You've tried to do the right thing, but your child, your son or daughter or both or group of children or other relatives or friends or co-workers or whatever it is are just making things difficult. You've tried to do the right thing. You've gone the extra mile. You've extended the olive branch and forgiveness on the other side isn't granted. That's one of the most frustrating things to me. You've, you've humbled yourself. You didn't use that kind of language that says, well, if I've done something wrong, you've said, no, I have done something wrong. But your repentance has not been met with forgiveness. Your confession has been rebuffed. That's just hard, isn't it? Or you feel like, well, things are just stacked up against me. I, 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 I was fired from my job or, or, or I, I, I got moved to another department, but I was doing so well. Or that person seems that person who has some responsibility over me, some influence over my career, seems not to like me, even though I go to great lengths or, or, or this person socially is so harsh. Or every time I post something intending to be positive, somebody takes it the wrong way and just makes the coldest, cruelest comment that I really shouldn't notice, but it really, really troubles me. And, and I could go on and on and on. We're opposed. We're, we're living in a fallen world. But look at the beauty of this. Arise, my Lord. Arise, O Lord, in verse 7 of Psalm 3. Save me, O my God, for you strike all my enemies on the cheek. You break the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing be on your people. Now, let's go to Psalm 4. Let's see if we can find some more encouragement. This is David. Answer me when I call, O God of my righteousness. You have given me relief when I was in distress. Be gracious to me and hear my prayer. Notice David's boldness here as he talks to God, as he prays. O men, how long shall my honor be turned into shame? How long will you love vain words and seek after lies? But know that the Lord has set apart the godly for himself. The Lord hears when I call to him. Look at David's faith. The Lord hears when I call to him. Look at what he said in the beginning again. Answer me when I call, O God of myself, of my righteousness. He's reminding God. He's, he's telling God to do what God has promised to do. What a, what a great, this, this is an affirmation that we should think about in our own prayer. You have given me relief when I was in distress. Be gracious to me and hear my prayer. It almost sounds like David's giving God a command, but he's not. It's a request. It's a confident request. And I'm going to make an argument for why 
here that I think you'll see because he knows God. He doesn't just know who God is. He knows God. He's got confidence. His faith has grown and he has confidence. Look at verse four. Be angry and do not sin. Ponder in your own hearts on your beds and be silent. Offer right sacrifices and put your trust in the Lord. David is saying to these men, you can rely on him. There are many who say, who will show us some good? Lift up the light of your face upon us, O Lord. You have put more joy in my heart than they have when their grain and wine abound. In peace, I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. I have trouble sleeping sometimes, and and I know many of you do. I, I, I sleep much better today than I did years ago, but I still struggle with it, and I, I like to pray in the middle of the night. And I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write these verses down and pray them, that, that these verses about sleep here at the end of Psalm 4. In peace I will both lie down and sleep, for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. This that David, David is describing here, living life quorum Deo, before the face of God. He is relying on God. He is not the self-reliant sinner that so much of Scripture cautions us about. He, he is resting in the midst of strife, in the midst of oppression, in the midst of opposition, in the midst of regrets, of fears, and wait for it, even his own failures. Now, you know if you've been with me for a while on this podcast, Relentless Truth, you know that I love some of the Psalms, particularly David's repentance in Psalm 51. If you're not familiar with this particular one, I I would ask you just to make a mental note. If you're driving along right now or you're you're doing something, you're busy, you don't have time to to, to look at your Bible app or, or, or an actual physical Bible, make a mental note, if you would, to just read Psalm 51. But I want you to, I want you to think about it in the context of, of David's sin with Bathsheba and, and then his being an accomplice to the murder of her husband, Uriah. I want you just to think about that in, in that context. And, and yet... David knew God. God calls David a man after his own heart. So, so let's get comfortable with, with this setting. This is, this is David's repentance. In a sense, in a very real sense, it is his prayer of repentance. And listen to what David says here. This is Psalm 51. I, again, I want to urge you to read it. It is, it is beautiful. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it for our benefit right now. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. David is asking for forgiveness and mercy. This is David's repentance, isn't it? But I want you to watch. So that's verse one. Now, now watch, watch what happens here as he repents. I want you to see how David references God's character in this psalm where he's crying out in repentance. You see, David knew God. I, I'm going to tell you something. 
I believe I was a Christian before I was diagnosed almost 20 years ago with stage three colon cancer. But I'm going to, I'm going to tell you something. I, I was desperate when I, when I received that diagnosis. And I know many of you have suffered and struggled and lots of people in my various communities that I function in have experienced death and struggle. And, and I, I want to be very sensitive to you. But I want to tell you that when I went home from that colonoscopy that revealed this problem, and I didn't have the benefit of, of scans and blood work and all that yet. In fact, I did that test on a Friday, and I would, I would tell you that that's not smart. I didn't realize it at the time, but you can't go do the other tests on Saturday or Sunday. And, and so I had to wait until the next week, and that was one miserable weekend. And one of the reasons it was miserable is although I knew God— Although I had trusted in Christ by faith, by that point in my life, I, I didn't know scripture like David knew it. I didn't even know to go to this psalm. I didn't know how, I didn't know God well. I knew some things about God's character. I could name all the omnis, omniscience, omnipotence, and so on, omnibenevolence, and on and on it goes. Um, but but David knows God and he shows us here. So watch this. Watch how beautiful this is. Verse two, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. You know, he didn't say if I've offended you. No, he says, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. He didn't say the devil made me do it. He didn't say, well, I was tempted because, you know, she shouldn't have been out there on that roof anyway. He, he, he didn't, he didn't do that. He has humbled himself and acknowledged his sin. And then he says in verse three, listen to this, for I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Is that not true? When we sin, doesn't it just bug our conscience? Isn't it always on our minds? And then he says, listen to this. This, this. Now he starts to prove that he knows who God is. He knows a lot about God and knows him, has a relationship with him. God is not just a transcendent being to David. He's an eminent one. He's with him. Against you, verse four, against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. I am aware, David is aware of God's righteous standard. And he knows he has wronged a holy, righteous God. And he goes on in verse four, so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Now, it's funny because we, it's not funny, but it's peculiar that we like to blame God. David said, David says, no, no, no. You are justified in your words and blameless, perfect, sinless, pure, those are my words, blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. I was born a sinner. Now he's not making an excuse. Uh, some people think he is here, but no, 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 no. It's very clear. Read it in context. I was born a sinner and, I, and I've sinned and I need forgiveness. Verse six, behold, you delight in truth in the inward being, and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Look at what he just said. God is truthful and God is wise. 
Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being, and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. I want you to know that when I named this podcast Relentless Truth, it troubled me to do so because we all struggle with truth. David is pointing out that God does not. You delight in truth in the inward being and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. God is a purifying God. So, so far, David said, God is truthful. God is wise. God is a purifying God. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. David understands how powerful God is in his forgiveness. David's just telling God, wash me. Doesn't this remind you of those two Psalms, three and four that we just read? Wash me and I shall be, I know I have an expectation, a confidence that if you wash me, I shall be whiter than snow. So friend who's struggling, who's fearful, who has regrets, who has opposition, you can pray. We can pray this prayer and trust that we shall be whiter than snow. God is a purifying God. David doesn't say because I'm, I'm so humble or because I'm special. No, he's not focused on who he is. He's focused on God's character, who God is. God is truthful. God is wise. God is purifying, David has said. Now watch this. Verse eight, let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. How about that? Give me joy. I'm not joyful. I am mired in my sin and guilt. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. And then let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. God is a joy imparting God. David is saying, watch verse nine. Listen to this. Hide your face from my sin and blot out my iniquities. Again, God is a cleansing God. Hide your face from my sins and blot out my iniquities. Verse 10, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. God is a creating God. Now, I believe, and I can't get in these weeds because we don't have time today, but and that's not the purpose of this episode, but God is a creating God, and I believe he instills in us people this creating spirit because we're made in his image. But listen to this. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. God is a creating God. God is a renewing God. God's only event, God's, God's creation of, of, the, of the earth in the Genesis account, and we can, we can debate you know, whether it was six literal days or not and all that stuff, but God's creation of, of the world is not his only creating act. He continues to have that same power. He breathed the earth into existence. And David is saying, use that creating power to create in me a clean heart, O God, in verse 10 of Psalm 51. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Renewal is ours. These are my words now. Renewal is ours in him. This is, this is what a beautiful promise. We can experience being whiter than snow, joy and gladness, broken bones will rejoice. God will blot out our iniquities and create in us 
a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. This is not superficial. This is not just for fun. This is not hearts and rainbows necessarily. This is real. This is deep. Renew a right spirit within me. Verse 11. We're almost done here. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. God is a God who is with us. Stay with me, David says. Don't take your Holy Spirit away from me. Verse 12, restore to me the joy of your salvation. David acknowledges that God saved him. Salvation is the Lord's. Restore to me the joy. God is a joy restoring God. The joy of your salvation and uphold me. God is sustaining. God is a sustaining God with a willing spirit. And then watch what he says. Now, I don't know about you, but I think of David as just a tremendous teacher and leader. And then he says in verse 13, and this is where we're going to end. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will return to you. He's talking about conversion. He's talking about repentance. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will return to you. After I repent, you see the model? It's repentance and reliance on God. And then I will teach transgressors your ways. I just, I want to run through this real fast. Think about the attributes of God that David has just acknowledged. God is a truthful God. God is a wise God. God is a purifying God. God is a joy imparting God. He makes broken bones rejoice. God prompts rejoicing. God is a cleansing God. God is a creating God. God is a God of renewal. David says, renew a right spirit within me. God is with us. His presence is with us. He's not off apart from us, above us, unreachable by us. Yes, he's those things. Yes, he is transcendent. Yes, he is powerful. Yes, he is holy. But he's also with us. Take not your Holy Spirit away from me, David says. Then God is a restoring and sustaining God. And he's also a reconciling God. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will return to you. God is for us with all of his character. David goes on. The rest of the psalm has, I think we have seven verses left, six or seven. There are some beautiful promises there as well. But I just want to end with that. This is who God is. As you face, as we face struggles, as we face fears, as we face opposition, as we face those things David outlines in Psalm 3 and 4, we can page through and look at what happens after David's sin when he repents. David knew God. And you might be listening and you might say, okay, well, that's all well and good, but I don't really understand all this. What do I do? Well, God reveals himself to us in several ways. First, through nature. He's revealed himself to every man, obviously. But the primary ways he reveals himself to us are through through scripture and prayer. And I would just urge you, if, if you're just starting out on this journey, or if you've been on this journey for 50 years, or you're somewhere in between, read God's word every day and pray. And you say, oh, I don't know how to pray. I was watching a series on Netflix, and my wife and I, and 
it's a it's a hospital thing. I think it's called New Amsterdam, and I believe it was an NBC show at one point. And they face calamity in the emergency room, and a guy says, "Well, I, I the lady says I, I want to pray, but I don't know I don't know that I've ever prayed before. I don't know how to pray." Well, Scripture informs us on on how to pray, but I, I would just suggest the following. If you've never done this before, you've never read scripture, you've never really taken God's word seriously, but something has resonated in this. You you know you face opposition, you know you have regrets and failures. Read a couple of, of books in the New Testament. Um, the Gospel of John would be a good start, followed by maybe the, the Paul's epistle to the church at Rome, the book of Romans. So read John and Romans, and, and, and you don't have to, I mean, read as much as you want at, at whatever time, you don't have to. You don't have to tackle it all in one moment, but just read it, read, read through it and pray as you read that God asking God to reveal truth to you. His word is powerful. It, it's alive. It, it is life changing. Um, I'd love to hear from you if this has been meaningful uh, to you in the least. If, if I could offer other resources or help, I'm happy to refer you to ministries that would would help you on this journey. But I hope, dear friends and Christians who are faithful listeners to this podcast, who know our Lord, I hope you're encouraged by these beautiful promises, by focusing on really what we've done today is focus on who God is. We've done it in the context of David's sin and David's proclamation and David's boldness and David's faith. And it's just wonderful for us to get to kind of look over his shoulder and see this. But I hope this has been encouraging as you face challenges in this world in which we live. I hope that you're comforted by this. You know, I talked last week and I always feel a little guilty when I do this about the economy and the struggles. And I've talked about our government and, and lack of confidence. And wow, we have, we have a former president and a current president who apparently took some classified documents and we have all this controversy going on just pretty much all the time, pick a subject. And it's just this 24 hour news cycle just, just finds things to, obsess over that are negative. Well, we can rest in who God is. God God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and, and his word is the same. His word is powerful. It is true. It is our source of absolute truth. So please be encouraged. Don't hesitate to send along an email if I can help in any way, or if you just have a comment to john at johnwarrenmedia.com. or go to our website, johnwarrenmedia.com and contact me through our contact page, you can see our work and uh, you can look at our library of 80 some episodes now. I am thankful for you, this audience, thankful for your support, your prayers, want to continue this work, God willing, for a long time. So please like, share, review and subscribe to Relentless Truth. You can find us on Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you go to get your podcast. If you find a podcast platform where we don't appear, please let me know and I'll let our technical friends who support this podcast know that there's a place where we need to be. So I look forward to being with you again next time. Thanks for listening to Relentless Truth with John Warren. Please consider sharing this podcast and subscribe to receive future episodes. Connect with John regarding your comments, questions, and show ideas through johnwarrenmedia.com or at John Warren Media on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. That's all for this episode. Join us next week for another edition 
of Relentless Truth with John Warren.